Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. It's Ian Ferguson. It's me. I'm Pat Contry. It's you. On the show today, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? We're talking about stuff that's fun. Talking about Mario! Mario movie. That's what we're doing. Yelling it. We're talking about a Steam commercial featuring a Switch emulator, uh, a game that boosts short-term memory and older adults. Uh, Tommy's auction items all go to the same bidder. And there's some shenanigans going on there. And more. Your uh, your poll. Thanks your, for spoiling your, that your, one, my wife. What? Well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's spoiled. Um, so, yeah. There we go. In, in your uh, Q&A, and a certain fighting franchise has a birthday. Fives and zeros here. Uh, Ian talked about a hot dog breakfast sandwich. Speaking of spoilers, on the Patreon exclusive, I did podcast patreon.com slash cu podcast. Talk about tiki bars and hot dogs on breakfast sandwiches. All sorts of stuff. It was great. You should go check it out. We have a good time. What we did not talk about was uh, the Mets uh, losing in the wild card round against the San Diego Padres. We did not talk about go that. Pods. Any year but this year, but. I expected the Mets to lose the way they did, so that's why I was not angry. I don't think anyone expected uh, this to end any way but the way I it did. Shut it off after I think the sixth inning or fifth, <sighs> and I'm like, they're not gonna, they're done. That's fine. I was at peace with it. They're done. I said they're done. I saw it coming a mile away. After Friday, Max Scherzer shit the bed, had the worst outing of his life, gave up four home runs. I'm like, they're done. They're gonna probably win with Degrom. Degrom pitched well on Saturday, but they're done. That was it. That was it. That was it. Let me just say this. You can't have two designated hitters where one bats 238 or 237, one bats 204. That's your job is to hit designated hitter. Yeah. And that's why the Mets don't have it. They're missing one or two bats in the lineup. They can't score runs. They can, they're scrappy, Ian. They're scrappy. They can string together some hits, but they only have really two hitters that can hit for power. And, and the league is currently a home run derby. You need like three or four guys that can hit homers in your lineup, not just like one or two. That's the problem with the Mets. There you go. I just fixed it. Here's another thing, Buck, Showalter. How about in one of the most important series of the year against Atlanta, you don't start your uh, your prospect who hasn't really played any games at all in the major leagues, and he comes up to bat in the most important series during the regular season and looks like a fucking amateur, throws his bat at strike three, swinging, missing. How about how about you don't bring him in that spot? You, 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 how about you bring in a professional hitter who has experience season in the league? Sorry about that. Enough about the Mets, though. How about them? Bills. Holy shit, Buffalo Bills. Really got my fingers crossed here. 38 to 3. See you, Sportscast. Fuck your Steelers. Wow. <laughs> what do you got against the Steelers? Fuck them. That's what I got I like against Mike them. Tomlin? Fuck them. Very classy organization, the Steelers. Actually, very, very progressive organization, Ian. I don't hate Tomlin. And I think that their uh, quarterback did not. I, I, uh, what's it, What was his name? Pickett? Uh, the new Steelers quarterback. And I mean this truly. Uh, I don't think he looked as bad as people are trying to make him out to to look. I think he actually had a pretty good start. He didn't have any. He didn't have anything. He didn't have anywhere anyone to throw to. Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he actually looked that bad. Um, but yeah. I am just riding high on the the Bills victory. I actually don't hate the Steelers when it saying- comes to teams that I get vehemently like anti. Uh, I have a lot of friends who like Kansas City, and I try to be nice about it until it's time for Buffalo to play Kansas City. Norm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so fuck Kansas City. Wow. And um, fuck the Dolphins. I've never heard anyone have a disdain for the Miami Dolphins. Ever. Okay. The, the, well, you're not a Buffalo. Buffalo's like growing up. Buffalo's biggest and longest held rivalry is the Miami Dolphins. That is their rivalry. 
when Marina was kicking their ass in the 80s? Is that why? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, oh. it's always been a rivalry. I mean, every sports team division. has that rivalry. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I, didn't, I never knew that was a heated rivalry. Oh, yeah, squish the fish, man. People used to put the signs out every <laughs> single time I the mean, Bills it's would. A, it's a mammal, technically, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I, they're it football does, fans. Patrick, it's football. I know. I know. Squish the fish. I mean, I mean, they're jumping through tables in Buffalo, so, I mean, they're... they're they're crazy. It's cold. We're drunk. Nothing We've else, got to we we keep else ourselves do. moving. Nothing else to do on a Sunday. <laughs> Let's jump through a fucking $25 a Target table. And that's why we're the best football city. Sure. Uh, yeah. So you, you and Green Bay are fighting over it. Uh, Giants. Giants looked pretty good, too, though. Sunday. They Giants right. have a good coach. They're, yeah. They're doing fancy things. And uh, Daniel Jones looks like, he, you know, week to week, it's like, well, is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? I don't think he's still the guy. I don't think they're going to resign to a big contract, but the Giants, they, but they have the best running back in the league. Saquon Barkley's back and healthy. I mean, he leads the league in total yards. He's like seven hundred total yards already in five games or something like that, or, or more than that. I forget, but no, he's going to get like two thousand yards this season. I want to shout out another big, big competition that's going on right now. It's going to be over by the time you read this, but it is something that I look forward to every year. Uh, I've been following it since 2014, which is when it started. Uh, and you should too. Cop My National Park is currently wrapping up their yearly Fat Bear Week. Uh, Fat Bear Week is a uh, contest that the uh, folks over at Cop My National Park put together every year to uh, show off their bears and bring uh, you know, um, um, bring understanding and information about conservation mm-hmm. uh, and you know, uh, you know. Uh, providing support for the bears in the national parks and how you can conserve them and keep them alive and happy in their wild habitat. So what it does is every week, it, it uh, every year they take um, pictures of the bears kind of at the start of a season when they're mm-hmm. thin, all the way up to like hibernating season. So right around this week, and they post before and after pictures of the bears, and you have to vote on which bear has done the best job bulking up. So which had the biggest weight gain? Which had the biggest weight gain? Sure. Some well, people... I mean, they can't weigh them on scale, so it's all by the eye, I guess. It's all by the eye. Some people <laughs> Can make it a-, it a popularity contest. Well. Some people just pick the biggest bear, and you can't just pick the biggest bear. You have to pick the bear with the most progress. Sure. Uh, well, that packed down the most salmon that yeah, season. Exactly, honey. and there are there there there, the, there uh, are all stars. Otis Otis yeah, was an all star. He was a four time winner. Uh, Seven twenty seven. Well, is up to possibly uh, get their second win this year, but I'm really looking well, for. I just googled it, and there's a scandal in the voting. Oh yeah, I read. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, a, a journalist I like covered it. It happened the day, and I'm upset. So this was between Holly and I can't remember the other number. Um, and veteran uh, champ seven four seven is being challenged in the Fat Bear Week finals by Rising Star nine oh one. Nine oh one is who I've got. I, I've got nine oh one. You look at nine oh one. Nine oh one started off skinnier. Okay, I don't have any of the picks of this, Ian. I wasn't prepared for this conversation. I feel like I'm out of my element here. You are out of your element, Donnie. We did talk about this last year. Now I remember. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, so, I get so excited a, every year. So what is it? What is the scandal about the voting? What's going oh, so on? So what happened was is Holly was trailing, and someone, so, Holly. Okay. Uh, yeah, Holly was trailing. Uh, I had a lot of hope for Holly this year, but it didn't happen. Uh, someone injected nine thousand votes for Holly. Someone spammed the voting with within just a small uh, small window. 
Uh, but they nothing noticed it. Nothing it was, sacred. It was. I, I said this. I said, "What kind of piss guzzling scum fuck fucking cheats the, the Fat Bear the, Week?" This is <laughs> the same people that cheat at board games. No, it fucking sucks. But they were able to locate uh, where the votes came from. They eliminated them. I think it should be a federal crime. Holly lost fair and square. I think it should be a federal crime. You're messing with Fat Bear Week. He's yeah. upset. I hope to see Holly again next year, though. I think she's got a chance. Uh, so yeah, put Too that. She'll train in the off season. Put that. Put that on your calendar. It usually starts around. October 4th or 5th every year. <laughs> they bulk up. Caught my National Park. Fat Bear Week. It's great. Make it a tradition in your home. Uh, so we learned we learned this past week that nothing is sacred, that there's scumbags all over the place. Obviously, this is a fun one with bears. But there was cheating scandals in uh, chess and in fishing contests. Yes. Um, so the chess one is actually like it's long to get into, but basically... Uh, Grandmaster chess player Hans, uh, is it Neiman? Neiman. People say I look like him. It's a couple people say I look like him. Uh, yeah, Hans Neiman um, has been accused of cheating. Chess.com came out and said that they have evidence that shows that he cheated in a hundred online, over a hundred online matches. Sure. Based basically by tabbing, and they said it, it's like so they, ha- they it's funny they have this very like in depth way of looking at it. Basically, they go they look for moves that don't make any strategic sense or they make strategic sense that is only going to come out five ten moves later basically what they call computer moves computer moves and and, and plus they actually analyze past behavior of, of yes of a player they analyze know that your, what's probable that they're going to do yeah they look at all your so, games they they get an idea of it when you're playing outside your element and it was clear to them that he was uh you know that these games were being played outside of his normal you know uh, range of of, of, sure. uh, of strategy but also they caught him tabbing over the, the program can catch if you're constantly tabbing over to something and he was tabbing over to a different window before every move. I don't see how you can have competitive online chess because it's so easy to cheat. You just run a fucking chess uh, board next to you on a program and have the computer suggest moves like that's all you would need to do. Yeah. How is that even part of the how is that even like professional games where you can play online like like you could. It, you could technically try to get assistance with poker, but you're never going to know the whole cards of the other players. Right. So, like, you can get assistance to nudge you, to, but most professional players know what the probabilities are anyway. Chess is you see everything. You could uh, use a pro- – literally, like you said, you can use a program next to you and, and just go through the match. So, and this person admitted to doing this when they were younger anyway. Yes. And now they said, oh, I stopped. Cheaters don't stop. Cheaters don't usually stop. No. Once once a cheater, always a cheater. That's my opinion. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, there was it's been going on for a couple of weeks. There's the whole anal beads joke, because what they're all saying is that he's cheating somehow at, at, at over the board in person. At, yeah. Over the board matches. And, um, you know, there someone was joking yet, like but. he was like, I'd play naked. And someone was like, well, then he's probably using anal beads. And someone's like pulsing yeah. Morse code or something. There's, to a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Uh, the the uh, the in person uh, the what the hell the 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 the, uh, the Nordic looking guy he like quit and walked out of in person match because he knows he cheats online at least and thought they was cheating in person. Um, so anyway, and uh, then something that I think is even scummier. This is, this is and just look at these fuckers. Something that's even scummier. 
Uh, there's been cheating. There was a cheating scandal that broke out in a fishing tournament. This is gaming content, by the way. Fishing and chess are games. So they are games. Uh, specifically, the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament in Ohio, where the winners stood to collect nearly 29000 in prize money. Oh, my God. I'm quoting a New York Post article. Organizers grew suspicious when Chase Kaminsky and Jacob Runyon's haul was much heavier than it appeared. In a video that has gone vile, viral, they cut into the freshwater fish and discovered weights that looked like lead balls stuffed into it. And now all of their previous victories are being questioned. I believe they also stuffed additional filleted fish meat in there to oh, kind of I, ha- hide, to did, try to hide. Did the you see the video? They no. caught them right. They caught oh, them. I, I right know they did, but I yeah, mean, I haven't seen it. The, the video is the judge has their, has their crate of, 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 of fish and slices of an open. Pulls out the lead balls. We're talking like big lead balls. Yeah. That are probably like a half pound each or a quarter pound each. Pulls them out. And then there's like the, just the flesh of another uh, uh, that they stuffed down the fucking throat. Right. Yeah. Or whatever stuffed inside. So like the and, and then in the video, you can hear all the all the other uh, competitors, all the other fishermen behind them be like, we knew this was going on for a while. What do you got to say for something? Like they're lucky they didn't get killed. Yeah. Because this is money. This is money on the line. Right. And these are considered the best guys. This is why they're the best guys, because they've been doing this for a while. Right. And so they were literally caught red-handed. The guy's face was beat red. What do you say? Yeah. I'm a scumbag? Yeah. I'm a cheater? I'm a liar? Like, like, what do you say at that point? And it's just weird that you see this behavior across everything. There was also a poker one that came up, I think is in this article as well. Someone was accused of, of cheating at poker, and it's been very controversial uh, a, a call was made. Like, yeah, this has been uh, more controversial, less set in stone. Yeah, less set in stone. But there's some like there's weird shit that's been going on. Like, and and we talked about a, a poker cheating one a couple years ago, where with with they went and working with the people on the on the screen and getting. Remember the guy was remember the guy was going down on his phone. B- yeah. below oh, yeah. the table. Yeah, we talked about it. And there's a, you got to watch out for yeah these but these Fisher guys. My God, it's like. The lowest, it's your fishing. It's supposed to be innocent and fun besides the death of a creature, but it's supposed to be like you're fishing. You're fishing. It's like, how can you cheat at fishing? This is how. Um, It's competitive. Everything's competitive. And then I saw other things where people uh, the night before were were taking out, uh, getting fish and caging and putting in certain spots. They know what spots for the fish, for bigger fish. Like, I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. You can't trust anyone. You can't trust people at chess or fishing. And to close off this conversation so we can move on and not stay on it for too long, uh, just this one sentence, nothing else said more about it in this New York Post article here. Apparently not even the world of Irish dancing is safe oh. from disgrace, with several prestigious instructors accused of fixing competitions last week. Damning text messages have been turned over to investigators. We're, we're, we're just awful civilization. <laughs> it's, this, is a, this is a failed experiment. It's a failed experiment. Uh, ah! Kevin cheating at board games and Tecmo Bowl. It's a failed experiment. Uh, TwitchCon happens in San Diego, right in our backyard every what? year. When you catch um, a fucking board game cheater, you should put him on a boat and ship him to an island with all the other board game cheaters. <laughs> like, like, a, like a prison colony. Fucking island. airdrop some chickens and some like fucking slingshots in there like oh. twice a year. Let them figure it out. Like the plot of No Escape. Yeah. Just shoot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking assholes. Uh, TwitchCon happens in San Diego every year, and I always forget it happens until the week of. I hung out with our pal Gerard. We got, we got lunch at Mitch's Seafood. Nice. Uh, it was good to catch up with Joe. I haven't seen him since I think before the pandemic. Um, TwitchCon happened. Nothing to. I don't know what the hell you do at TwitchCon. I guess you show off new technology. There's some like Sega shows off games, and there's game booths, and there's stuff. Well, there's also streaming. just streamer booths. I mean, yeah, you go and you booths. meet. It's yeah. like going to a video game convention. You just sure. you go, you go and you meet streamers and shit like that. Sure. 
Um, but you know, in general, it's going to be a, a lower uh, age. A lot of people, kids probably can't travel to see their favorite streamers by themselves, but, um, they did it. Uh, this was weird. This is weird. And there was injuries that happened. Multiple injuries. Yeah. I, I don't find um, any humor in this. I got it. I got to take it down a notch. Uh, there was two, there was two, there was a ball pit and a foam pit. There was a ball pit. The, okay. the foam pit is where the problem happened. Okay. So they set up uh who actually set this up? It wasn't Twitch set this it up. It was it was a partnership between Twitch and Lenovo, I believe. Okay. So there was a foam pit. You ever see those pits where there's foam like foam blocks uh instead of balls and they're they're famous now. So they set up it's not even a pit though. It was like a foot and a half high it looks like. And you had people jumping off these platforms in the middle and 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 fucking themselves up uh in these cuz they're not pits. Like it'd be like the equivalent of just jumping almost on the ground from like four feet up, and then like landing on your back. I'm sorry, it was a promo collaboration between Intel and Lenovo. Intel Lenovo, thanks, Ian. Don't get me banned on Twitch. Um, so it was a bad idea on its surface. No padding uh, underneath it. Only two feet deep, and people said there was not enough foam in the pit that's to not begin a pit. with. Two feet. That'd be yeah. like jumping in a pool of two feet of water. You're going to break your back. So they had two podiums yeah. in there and they were using it for like gladiator style, like contests and people and knocking would fall each other in. off. OK, um, but we'll start with the worst one. And I feel awful about this. Adriana Chechik, uh broke her back in two places. She jumped off of it after taking a jump oh. off the, the podium and landing in the foam to find nothing underneath the foam. Uh, that's awful. She is, she was undergoing surgery yesterday or the day before to get a stabilizing rod placed in. I, who the fuck knows what the outcome of that is going to be, but I mean, that's absolutely, I I mean, that's, that's, that's a life, that's a life changing injury. And I feel awful that it happened to anyone. Um, someone else also dislocated their knee. This Kotaku article from, by Luke Plunkett shows the, the, the wide variety of injuries. Someone dislocated their knee. Uh, someone someone's picture of a brace on their ankle or, or foot. So, someone like. broke an ankle. Jesus, this is ridiculous. Yeah, someone broke an ankle, and then there, I thought there was one other one, but I'm not. I'm not seeing it. But at least a knee, an ankle, and a uh, back. A back. Well, thankfully they were like paralyzed. Oh my god! Can you imagine someone got paralyzed jumping into a foam pit. Well, I mean, we'll see how bad this break is. I mean, you never. I mean, I, they they're not paralyzed, but that's that's a lifetime of complications. Oh my god! A lifetime of complications. People are fucking idiots. I can't believe they set that fucking pit up with no no padding underneath it. None. Well, I mean, it's not a pit. That's the thing. It's if it's two feet, that's not a pit. Like, no, but you still uh, whatever. You need padding underneath it too. You need padding underneath it. Like it's just, no one, no one just fucking throws a bunch of foam into a pool or, or a pit and doesn't put some additional I, padding underneath it. Like that's I, insane. I think the whole thing's a bad idea. Why are you doing a pugilistic joust thing between streamers to begin with? Like, right. I, it's just no. It's, just don't do it. It's, it's, it's just weird. Like shit. you said, why, it's negligence. Why are you just doing physical a physical challenge thing? What if someone gets just hit in the face wrong with the pugil stick? They weren't wearing any fucking right. I mean, you know, American Gladiators, they had, like, a fucking helmet on and all that stuff. I mean, well, just, I don't know if you've ever uh, been hit in the face with something padded like that, but you can, you'll bleed. Like, you can catch a fucking oh, uh, sure. seam, and it'll, you know, it, it cuts. Sure. Yeah, that's just weird. I, I almost feel like I want to check out a day of TwitchCon just to, to see, like, what it's about. I feel like I feel out of place in old. I do not. You know? I would feel very out of place. I, I, I do not I ever want to I want to see, like, what uh, do they, like, sell... Like selling like the soundboard stuff for people. Like, are they selling like uh like the the gear for the lights and things? Like, I'm guessing there's just stuff like that because it's you have people that are like professional streamers and you have the attendees that like the the culture. 
You know what they're not selling at Twitch? They are not selling the stuff that you can get at UltimateNintendo.com. It's not available at TwitchCon. It's available at UltimateNintendo.com. What, what can you, you get? You tell me, Pat. You can get the RBI baseball stickers. You get the enamel pins featuring our cute faces. Uh, you get the Super Nintendo and NES guidebooks there. You get uh, the, the stickers, the limited stickers. Limited sticker, the podcast sticker. You got the Danny Approved sticker. You got Pat and Frank stickers. All at UltimateNintendo.com. I'll be on Twitch Wednesday. It's Shocktober month for Shocktober. WPIX Shocktober, famously. Wonderful. All, all month on Twitch, so I'm doing at least one Halloween segment each uh, week. That's Wednesday, Twitch.tv. Happy to hear it. Country code Ian will not be there tomorrow. I Ian will. will be traveling I will to not. Portland. I will be in Portland. For the Portland Retro Gaming Expo this weekend. The 15th and 16th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After three years, three long years, pre and post pandemic, it's going to be feel weird because three years is a lot of time between these events in, in particular. But a lot's happened in three years between uh, sealed game controversies and WADA, other stuff happening and uh, moving on from. I mean, three years ago, people were moving on from eight and 16 bit. We saw it. Maybe it's hot again. Maybe we're moved on to freaking uh, PS2 games is, is now retro for people. We're going to be at PRG this weekend. Come and say hi to us. We have a podcast panel. I believe it's uh, afternoon on Saturday. Is it, is it is one or two-ish, something like that? Somewhere around there. And then I have uh, Groovy. a Pat the NES punk panel or Pat Conjure panel. My 10th, it's my 10th PRGE. I count the numbers on my finger. It's my 10th one. That is Sunday at 12.15. The theme's going to be uh, nap time with Papa Pat. Exactly. And uh, we'll be sharing a booth with our pal Norm, the gaming historian. That's right. Hanging out there. And then we'll see other our pals like uh, Kelsey and Frank from the uh, Video Game History Foundation. We're going to have lots of fun this weekend. We'll be happy to be back there. And the Blockbuster Championships, I'll try to uh, try to enter that. Any tips for newcomers? To the PRG, like first time coming to PRG. I don't know. Bring some money, have fun. Uh, use a little hand gel, squirt, squirt, blah, blah. Get it, get it, get you know. I don't know. Wash and clean and, 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 and enjoy Portland. There's yeah. lots of good food. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Thanks, Ian. Yeah. We'll talk about this uh, study quick yeah so there's a uh study that shows that a certain game is boosting short-term memory in adults so uh it, it's kind of unique um they, they weren't expecting to see this so they've been uh testing a certain rhythm game uh called rhythmicity uh which was oddly they mentioned it uh, was uh, partially developed with drummer Mickey Hart of the Grateful Dead. Basically, it uses visual clues to train participants to play a rhythm on a tablet. Tempo, complexity, and precision required were all tweaked as players per guest. This is uh, from Science Alert uh, by David Neald. Um, and what they discovered was that these rhythm games um, increase, like, very, like, like noticeably increase uh, your short-term memory. They give your short-term memory a huge boost um, after playing them. This is the rhythm of our life. Our life. Can you tell me who sings that song? 
DeBarge. Nope, it's Corona. Damn it! That was DeBarge. Um, absolutely not. Uh, so, yeah. Anyways, it's interesting. They weren't expecting it, and they were finding that even if they played, they 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 adjusted these games to the player's level, mm-hmm. so that it was you know there was some there was you know improvement to be had, but they weren't so hard they were failing out. They were finding that it was still having the same effect, and I I think that's very interesting. Um, neuroscientist Theodore Zanto from the University of California says that memory improved at all was amazing. There's a very strong memory training component to this, and it's generalized to other forms of memory. And I think what it is is when you're looking at rhythm games, a lot of it is short term memory, and you're like when you're playing on a high level, you're you're trying to focus on what you have to be doing immediately, but you're also trying to remember the next couple steps so that you can read these note charts mm-hmm. higher up as they come down. Now I'm sure this game is played differently, but I understand that because it is you're focusing it they're they're almost entirely based on short term memory, but not in a way that I think a lot of people extremely short term think memory. of like, extremely short term memory a second or two, yeah. So I think it kind of. Yeah, I, I think it helps people with that. And also, if you're playing them over and over, and it doesn't say this here, uh, rhythm games do become a lot about memory. Yeah. If you patterns. are playing yeah, the patterns yeah. over and over again, because there are random modes you can set up, but most of the note charts for things like DDR and you know Beatmania, uh, 2DX, they're all pre-planned. You can memorize them. So I thought that was very cool. Yeah, use it or lose it. It goes with your brain, you know, like brain age games. They, that stuff works. Absolutely. When I get old and, and old and, and feeble, I'll, I'll be doing my Sudoku and puzzle still and trying to do that stuff. And that's the way it works. They do all the studies about that. It helps to stave off, uh, you know, Alzheimer's. Sometimes you you, you, you want to keep using using the, using the noodle, Ian. Oh, I just want to bring this up because it, it describes it better. The difference. So they did in a, a group between people playing the game and one group playing a normal word search game for twenty minutes a day, five days a week, eight weeks. The difference between the two groups was clear is players progressed in rhythmicity the way it targeted visual perception and what I was trying to think of selective attention, I think, is the better way to selective describe what I'm talking attention. about when it comes okay. to rhythm games. Selective attention had a knock on effect on short term memory. So, gotcha. yeah, that's really cool. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, real quick, uh, there is a Waterworld Simpsons game that was made. I guess it appeared in one episode in the arcade and some made an entire uh, free game. Of playing the water oh, really? game, I don't remember this episode. I don't, but like I watched the playthrough of it, and it, it, they did. It, it, you see them playing, like you, you see the yellow hands with. And, oh yeah, and, and then I guess there's a joke about insert forty quarters to continue. That's in the game. You put forty quarters in to continue the game. <laughs> that's it's, funny. It's, it's like one hit deaths basically. So check that out. That's from uh, HIO Kevin Costner's Waterworld by Macaw Forty Five. Yeah. A large-scale real imagining of the fake Waterworld arcade game that Millhouse plays during a 10-second joke in a 1997 episode of The Simpsons, and they actually expand it out, and it's like a full 20-minute game. That's so items. good. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's obviously terrible in terms of like what you can do. You walk oh, yeah. across, your knife goes out like that. You can Still, jump. It's hilarious. But it's funny. You end up fighting aliens at the end. Spoilers. I'm not sure if you fight aliens in, in Waterworld. I don't think there's aliens in Waterworld. I don't. They no. expand out the plot. I never, I've never seen Waterworld. Famously, the biggest bomb. Uh, not the biggest bomb. Most expensive film of all time. Uh, Waterworld. And the Waterworld action show is still at Universal Studios. Is it really? It's supposed to be an amazing show. They won't get rid of it. Uh, Valve. Oh, this was funny. Uh, So Valve was doing a a commercial for the Steam Deck. And so basically the Steam Deck's out. Everyone knows you can emulate the fuck out of stuff on there. 
And um, one of the big things that people like to do with it is use the Yuzu emulator, which basically turns your uh, Steam Deck into a Switch. And, um, you know, Valve has been very, like, good about not really talking about the emulation or the piracy aspects of the Steam Deck. Sure. Wouldn't benefit them at all. It's like half of their sales, probably. <laughs> probably for that. But they had a video, and right on the page where they talk about, like, they're showing, like, recent games. Um, you can see Tunic, Vampire Survivors, Hades, and then right there, front and center, the logo for the Yuzu emulator. <laughs> uh, which they uh, took down. What the hell? They took it down, they replaced it, and they re-uploaded the, vi- re-uploaded the video. But that that's not for sale on their Steam store, is it? No, it's, well, it's, it's just, it's a. You just a, download it. So, yeah, it's just something you download. This is insane that this got through their marketing and no one realized this. And and, the, and then they whoever they sampled for for the screen capture had this on it like an employee. This is nuts. I don't like, think it's that nuts. I think I, it's I, it's understood. I think everyone is tacitly doing oh, all sorts of this, but to let it get onto yes. a video is insane. Yes. This is I've never heard of something like this happening. Yeah. How do you think that call from Nintendo probably went? Uh it's to Valve holy my god like yeah. that, that's big so what not, embarrassment i mean there's not a whole lot to say about it but yeah it's um, just kind of weird because obviously obviously having the emulator probably wouldn't be illegal but you're not no it's not getting the roms l- l- or legally for the switch games. homebrew man whatever All the homebrew. <laughs> yeah. i don't want to have a conversation i don't want to have an eight million more conversations about emulation uh i don't care if people emulate 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 away but yeah for steam you gotta Make 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 that look a little bit better, guys. Think about that shit. Um, here's another fun one. We've got all sorts of fucking fun in games today on the CU podcast. I like your energy. Your, I, my energy is. I got low energy. <sighs> I gotta have high energy this morning because it's got to carry me all the way through tonight, so I can get on that plane to Portland tomorrow. Um, You're leaving on a jet plane. I am. Oh, right. Google. Didn't Google just do something with cloud gaming? Uh, Stadia, I think they, it was called. They just stabbed it in the heart yeah. with a stake. Killed it. Fucked over a bunch of devs in the process. Well, here's a goodwill move from Google. They just announced a new cloud gaming laptop this morning. Wow, this is... What the fuck? This is 2015 <laughs> Ian Energy in the podcast. I love oh, it. It's ridiculous. So this is their announcement that came out um, today, this morning. Meet the latest Chromebook, the world's first laptop built for cloud gaming. I'm not sure how that's a thing. Complete with an RGB keyboard, 120 hertz display, and access to 1,000 plus games. It's time to get your game on. The first uh, comment, the, the the most liked comment, cloud gaming, my brother in Christ, you just killed Stadia. <laughs> from, from Pumpkin Man, from Do You Use E-Banana uh, there. So th- this is obviously was probably in the works for a while. And... Um, Again, Google is such a big company that the one hand doesn't know what the other hand's doing. Yeah, and there was probably and, too much dev into this to let it just go. I mean, you could I mean there's other cloud gaming out there. Well, I mean you got GeForce, you got the Microsoft Game Pass, you got stuff. I also feel like a, a Chromebook uh, that Well no, Game Pass isn't cloud. I mean it can be, but it's usually no, not. No, it can be. It can be. Yeah, okay. it can be. Uh, but like there's other cloud gaming, but it's it's obviously bad timing. To do uh, it? Marquis Brownlee here, whose name sounds familiar, I guess because he has 5.9 million followers. I don't know who he is, though. Uh, said, glad you're really committed to cloud gaming. 
So this is this is they're, they're touting ones from Acer coming out, uh, Asus and Lenovo. Uh, Acer is usually the more budget ones, right? Uh, in general, but they're probably they're fine though. Asus, Acer. Oh, Acer. Acer. Usually yes. more yes. budget, yes. but they can more have, budget. I don't know what the hell makes uh, something more suitable for cloud gaming versus a regular program. No, I don't. Which I have no idea. That's marketing stuff. Yeah, and my exactly. And my whole point would be after shutting down Stadia, spend a couple, spend a day brainstorming and find a better way to fucking advertise this laptop. Sure, I guess. Yeah. What's what's like? I mean, okay, you have a good graphics card, you have a good screen. Okay, what? How is that not? I mean, regular gaming, you want that stuff anyway. How's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. I mean, it's not, I guess the good news is that it's like not Google coming out with this stuff, but just even the tweet is just dumb. It's just a dumb tweet. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're probably partnering with them in some way, I guess, if they're tweeting about it. Um, Chromebook, the first, I mean, yeah, because Google Chrome, I don't fucking know. Chromebook, but that doesn't make any sense. What are they license the name Chromebook? Or they just come with a new name? Fucking dumb. Yeah, Google probably paid him a lot of money to say, hey, your, your gaming laptops, call them Chromebooks. There you go. Yep. Just call them Chromebooks. We'll throw some cash at you. That's it. And so, it is, so it is technically a Google product. It's called Chromebook, I guess. But yes. it's just dumb. And, and, they're, and, and they're like, oh, we'll, okay, we'll take your money. We're going to put out these laptops anyway. Lenovo's like, okay, give us the money. Really dumb. Uh, we have an update. Update. Uh, an update on uh, the... Tommy Tallarico auction items. We talked about the very overpriced um, console lots like the Famicom, the Odyssey lots, the Atari lots. And we also have an update on the Super Nintendo dev kit. This is via Ninja Kitty who captured the live auction uh, while it happened. Thanks. Thanks so much. I would not want to watch this garbage. Absolutely not. Uh, not. And, and, and so the, the auction house is in Southern California. Um, they, they were known for doing they're known for doing like art. And like fine art and contemporary art, and not video game stuff. So, so we always said it was a weird choice, uh, a venue. So, in the video, Ninja Kitty tracked who left pre bids before the auction, and then who actually won these um, lots. And all but one sold, but they all sold for the the introductory bid price. And the same lot uh, bought them all. It was it was it was buyer number or say excuse me, buyer number buyer number three zero seven zero won all of these auctions at the introductory prices and the pre-bidder was all the same bidder and and the uh I don't know if it was one of those it was one of those things where you see the first letter and then you see a bunch of asterisks to hide it. Yeah. So the first letter was an uppercase T T and then some some asterisks for a name and then an M on the end. So it all looks shenanigany. That's that's a new adjective. It looks it, it's shenanigany. If the same person, sure, there's won no all. collector who, yeah. If some there's uh, there's not one person who'd be like, this is a deal on all of these. I'm taking them. Correct. And then only one bid for the Super Nintendo Dev Kit. If you saw it, they had to roll it back to fifteen thousand to get any bids at all. And then there was two competing bids, internet and floor. So someone in person was bidding on it. Someone in person, which means that potentially Tommy could have been there in person. It's his stuff. So, like, it's weird. It's just weird how it went when you have one buyer buying all this stuff when the stuff was super inflated. That's it. I'm not saying uh, Tommy bought his own stuff for sure, but it's it's fucking weird. I don't trust any auction stuff anymore at all after Heritage Auction stuff and everything because you don't know if the bids are real. You don't know if they get per- actually purchased. Sure. At the end, you don't know any of this stuff. 
but that's that was my update from that. Any other thoughts? I mean, no, I just yeah, it obviously looks weird. If they were all at like a great reasonable price for their starting bids, and someone went through and swept all that stuff up, I would say, eh. Maybe it's a coincidence, but with the shitty prices, the only thing is, is like I said, I can't say that it's Tommy either because why would he want to pay twenty one percent more? I don't know as a or, premium on or, his shit. All I know is like back in the day in the arcade auctions, you could win, you could win your own item. Like they would bid up their own auction uh, in person to to like to uh, protect the price, and I, I saw it happen. And I, if you won it, it just went back home with you. I'm not sure you had to pay it or not, or maybe you paid a small fee, mm. uh, but it went back home with you. I'm not saying this is how they operate, but the whole thing is really, really fit. Or maybe it was a troll bidder that won all of them. Sure. I, I don't know. But you do hear at the dev, when they announce the price, you hear some in the background go, woo, like at, in person at the auction site, like on the floor somewhere. Wherever, I don't know who goes to these local auctions, the place off the street. It's just weird. Another weird turn in this adventure. If you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. It's nearly here. And if you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's a 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. With inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect your margins with major discounts on USPS and UPS rates up to 86% off. It's a stress-free solution for every small business. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer. And if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing. With Stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with our promo code CUPODCAST for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code CUPODCAST. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Into the AM. They have premium, high-quality apparel, including nice graphic tees, basic tees, hoodies, and even boxer briefs. I'm wearing the digital space tee right here with the space shuttle going on. What do you got there, Ian? Showing off the luminance tee, and I think you've got the moon buggy tee over there. got the there. moon buggy tee behind us. we got the grand terrain, and we have the lost signal if you're going 80 CRT uh, retro theme there. They have different collections of themes, don't they, Ian? Yes, there's all sorts of different collections of themes. Space themes, animals, nature, skulls, festival. The shirts are incredibly soft, pre-shrunk. They're tailored fit, and they use eco-friendly inks. And Into the AM is running a bundle deal for the graphic tees, which are three for $60. And they also have three basic tees for $49.95. Click the link in the description on YouTube, or if you're a podcast listener, use the code C-O-N-T-R-I, country, and you'll get 10% off these very comfortable shirts and gear. Go look good and feel good with Into the AM. Ian, mm. it was a monumental day for entertainment. For Nintendo, for the video game culture, we have the first, this is a teaser trailer for the Illumination Super Mario Brothers animated movie. That's right. Uh, there was an entire Nintendo Direct 
dedicated to it. Um, I don't know how long the entire direct was. About because, 40 minutes. Oh, really? 30, 30 minutes, something like that. I watched that once uh, the trailer was minutes. done, I, 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 I well, the trailer it. was like near the end. It was like talking about the, like a producer. Miyamoto came up and spoke a little bit. Yeah. Chris Pratt showed up. Chris son. Uh, Chris Pratt. Jackson. Chris Pratt was kind of awkward because he, he was trying to, he looks like he woke up. I give him respect because he mentioned he first was stomping, uh, uh, Koopas in the original Mario Brothers arcade. Like the one that came out in 83. Yeah, but you don't stomp Koopas in that one. You hit him from uh, underneath and then you kick him. He played the original arcade game. He's not a a fake Mario gamer. The fact that he said that and didn't say Super Mario I'm like, okay, he played that when he was a kid. Because he's a little bit older. He's in his early 40s, you know. At this point, I think it would be hard to find a fake Mario gamer. I don't like Chris Pratt. I just think it would be hard to find a fake Mario gamer. You're right. He gave a slight cred to me by saying that he played the original Mario Brothers arcade game. That's all. Good for him. Slight. Slight. So the trailer comes out. Um, I, th- I think it's been mostly positive reaction to this. Uh, the animation obviously looks incredible. Why wouldn't it, we, it look incredible? It looks great. The character designs, I think, look great. Um, it's, de- it's definitely a teaser because the first like sort of like minute and a half of the trailer sets up the, basically gives me the plot of the movie uh, for the most part. Well, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know well, if, if it will. I, I mean, I feel like that could have just been a, a, a random scene taken out of context, too. I'm not sure about that. They, okay, so this is what happens. So uh, the, the, the Koopa Empire with Bowser off of the uh, good old um, airship comes upon the uh, this, this Ice Kingdom with uh, the penguins. The penguins. Well, actually, no, it's not a ship. It, 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 it's a, it just it rises out of the ground. It's volcano yes. structure. And then you have the, the Koopa, the cute little turtle Koopas. And you have the, the wizard Koopa. I don't know his name. Kamek. Uh, Kamek. Uh, and then you have Bowser come up saying, open the gates to the cute little penguins that show up in what? First, they first showed up in what? Super Mario uh, 64. 64. Um, they say attack. Cuteness ensues. They, throw, they try to throw snowballs to knock out Bowser. It's, 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 it's an animated uh, joke, but it, it works. Yes. Because you see, you see like how ridiculous it is. And they try to throw a, a catapult ice cube. And it knocks down one of the Koopas. And then... Um, uh, Bowser burns it to the ground with his breath, and he steals the invincibility star. It says, "Who's going to stop me?" That's why I think. Uh, it's a okay, setup. yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, that makes. That's why I think sense. the setup because sure. he says, "Who's going to stop?" Me? That's right. Um, meaning that the star has some form of power here in this world, right? And then you flash cut to Mario spitting out of a of pipe, a pipe, landing on a mushroom, looking around, saying, "Where am I?" Um, goes to touch a mushroom. Toad says, don't touch that. It's poisonous. No, it's not. Because I'm sorry. This one's fine. And then you, you hear Mario say, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Uh, here we come. And that's it. And so it's a teaser. It's a traditional teaser. You don't see much of the whole movie. Right. At the end, you get um, Luigi running away from the booze. Excuse me, not the booze. The, 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 the bones. Uh, dry bones. Dry bones. And then uh, goes into the ghost house where I'm sure you're going to see Boo show up and scare the hell out of him. So it's a little nice little little because that's what Luigi's franchise is now with with the yeah. scary creatures coming after him. So I'm not expecting this movie to be fantastic. I will say this. It looks great. Looks beautiful. Looks great. The designs are all on point. Um, it uh, looks really, really nice. Can I sit through an hour and a half movie that looks really, really nice and maybe doesn't have a story I'd like? Uh, yes, yes, I absolutely can. Uh, that's what edibles are for. Um, <laughs> um, 
I saw both Sonic movies on Edibles. I'll see the Mario movie on Edibles. Uh, I thought that Jack Black's voice for Bowser, two things, on opposite sides of the coin. Uh, I thought he sounded actually really young. I was expecting a gruffer sounding Bowser. However, I thought the voice fit perfectly. I think Jack Black is great for Bowser. They're doing a surprise for a little pitching down, but yeah, it sounds he sounds good. It yeah, sounds really good. Um, so I think that's that's not that's overly good. not overly uh, gruff, but just a little bit. Yep, you know. I thought Keegan Michael Key sounded great oh, yep. for Toad. Oh, absolutely great for Perfect. Toad. Uh, they got that little Toad rumble. I smoked two packs a day. They got a little bit of that just in there. Just a little bit. Yeah. They got a little bit of that in there, which is good. And obviously, they're pitching the voice a little bit with him as well to probably raise it a little bit, but it sounds great. But it does sound great. Um, you don't get to hear. Uh, I was hoping to hear uh, Anya Taylor Joy, Joy's princess. Okay. And I was hoping to hear uh, something from Charlie Day's Luigi, and we didn't. You hear Luigi, I think, scream maybe a little bit, but it's mostly just him running. I, I uh, don't think there was any discernment voice there uh, charlie day is going to knock out of the park yes probably. he is he is he's he gonna be good um but th- obviously the you know the elephant in the room chris pratt chris pratt and i i do um, you know you've all by this point you've all heard you know this shit to death but it's just chris pratt doing chris pratt's voice and it doesn't fit mario well i mean he attempts an accent that's what's more insulting uh he att- i didn't even hear the accent was. go back and replay I'll, I'll play it right now at the end uh at the end here it's it's an attempt it's a very light brooklyn-ish accent very light ready here it comes mushroom kingdom here we come here we come mushroom kingdom here we come it sounds awful it's an attempt at an (laughs) italian american accent that's toothless and what's the point and that's where i get kind of insulted uh, about it where it's like I'd almost rather him not attempt the accent. Just do it with your whatever, your, wherever you grew up. Just do it as you are, Chris Pratt. Don't attempt that accent. Or get it, or get an actor that has that in their voice. Or can, or can do or it. Or can do it. Like a voice actor. People are saying, oh, there's no accent. No, there's an attempt. It's just awful. It's an attempt. It's a t- One more time. I get it. I'm doing Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. Here we come. That's an accent attempt. It is. It's a New York accent attempt. It's like the thinnest spread of mayonnaise on a sandwich. Exactly. It's- exactly. It's like the safest way we can get away with an ethnic attempt with Chris Pratt to do it. And I'm not trying to overthink it, but I get kind of insulted as, uh, you know, not, I'm not on Pauly D's side here, but Mario's sort of ours here a little bit, right? But that's the good news. This is the good news is that. This, they're trying. They're actually say, saying that he's probably from Brooklyn with that accent. Sure, probably. Um, so that's the good well, news. Well, the like, way he falls through the pipe to me, that that's they're and coming he from seemed, the real He world. seemed confused. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like he's coming from Brooklyn. So I like that because I don't like this new thing they've tried to done do the past twenty five years. Where oh no, Mario's just an Italian plumber that lives in the Mushroom Kingdom. Where it's like what? That doesn't make any sense at all. Like what? So like at least they're trying to connect it back to. Really going back to the Super Mario Super Show and going back to that's really they kind of like put that stamped it in stone. But originally Mario, you know, was 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 you know working on he construction was one site. time a plumber that yeah. did plumbing. They yes. had a cartoon him going after Donkey Kong, with, with, uh, you know, with, with Daisy every week, and he worked in the sewers with with Luigi. He's a he's an Italian plumber. That's who he is. So I like that they didn't shy away from that. Probably with this, they, I mean, they have to connect it somehow. Um, but no, I'm just. 
I mean, it's a joke now with Chris Pratt doing every single voice acting role. It's not unique. It's lazy. He's not a voice actor. He's doing Garfield. He already is the head of a franchise with the Lego movie. Why? Like, it was the safe choice that we did not need. He doesn't have any breadth. Chris Pratt is is not getting extra people to see this movie. Absolutely not. not. And he's not a talented voice actor. So then what's the point? Some people were saying, you know, you know, just jokingly, why don't you get Steve Buscemi? And I'm like, no, but that at least would be like some sort of courage in getting some someone sure. that sound would sound closer to it. And he could have you know. done Charles Martinet. I he mean, you can go back that. to that. I mean, he's he's a, he's a decorated voice actor. Um, he's not just fucking sound clips. He sure. can do voice acting. I think you'd have to change the voice and dial it down a little bit. You'd have to dial it back a, half, a little but, bit. You'd have but, to dial it back a little bit, but you could do it. You have to bring the pitch down and, and you know, because you're speaking whole sentences, you know, you're not just doing like, woohoo, you know. Yeah, but you, you could do it. You could do it. It's uh, not like the man's never voiced lines in his life. He's done it a shitload. No. He's done all sorts of voice acting. He's good at it. If you told him, do your Mario voice, but fit for a movie, he would have been like, sure, I can do that because he's a fucking professional. Yeah, just tone it down. This is what he does uh, professionally. Chris Pratt fucking sits around looking like a dumb white guy professionally. <laughs> Jesus, um, so I guess the question is, uh, this is going to do, I think, gangbusters. We haven't had a, a Nintendo property like this come out in such a way like this since the disastrous live action movie. And that was, uh, what, 93. So that's, that's 30 years ago. So like we're, we're primed for this. It's, it's looking like in the future is going to be like, why the hell did Nintendo do something for 30 years? Like, why didn't they do something? Because it was because of the disaster of the original movie or they were just uh, scared to try again. That's the thing. They didn't care about the live action, obviously, and now they're they're so guarded because they have the the theme parks opening, so they also be themed together and be cohesive. But this is this is what you want to do. This is the type of movie you want to do. This sure. is this is going to do. I'm going to see this movie in theaters. I probably will. I'm, I'm the humor just from the trailer looks like it's on point. You got you, you know obviously the kids need to get something out of it. The adults need to get something out of it. I haven't seen the Despicable Me movies at all. Or, or the little pod people, but well, that's my problem. Illumination uh, just churns shit out, and it's all very much by the book fucking humor that's been run into the ground. I'm not expecting it to be particularly funny. I am expecting it to be pretty to look at, and I'm just happy that the character designs are right. Did and, you chuckle at the trailer with a snowball? I thought it was, I thought it was I thought cute the, and funny. The penguin was cute. I'm just saying, I don't expect this to be a laugh a minute fucking ride. Oh, no. I think there'll be funny adult humor sprinkled in, but it's Nintendo. They probably had to approve everything of the script. And make sure, um, but no, it looks beautiful. And I guess the question is going to be like, will, will this become a franchise? Will you get multiple Mario movies? Probably. If it makes if it makes five hundred million dollars, I think it will. If you it know? doesn't flop, you're definitely going to get more Mario movies, and you might see some movies based on their other properties. Oh, I don't think it's, there's no way this can flop because this is going to be everyone that likes Nintendo and all the kids are going to see. This is going to be the one movie that kids will want to see. Like this, like I said, like all the, there's like five Despicable Me movies, aren't there? There's only four or five of those things. Yes, but there um, being five of them is not like a, a no, testament to quality. No, but a testament to people will see them. Oh, sure. And those are not. Yes. I mean, I guess maybe the first to me probably got good reviews. That's why they did so many of them. But I saw the uh, first one and I thought it was okay. Now they have the option with just a little yellow, little yellow guys. The, just the minions movie. Yeah, just the minions. Just like one. Just like five movies. So this is going to do well. And then I think the question is going to be then, well what's going to be next what are we going to do next after this right are we going to do i'm not going to say it's going to be like pixar you get a new movie every year but you know maybe you get a new nintendo movie every two years you'll get one that comes out 
You're gonna you're gonna fit you're gonna will you get Super Mario two? Will you will you get uh I mean how many more kitty ones can you do that like under ten kids were gonna flock to? That's one thing about like the under ten sort of audience for Nintendo is it just Mario? Could you do something else? I mean nothing is big. You could do Pikmin easily under ten. I feel like Zelda would be E ten plus, you know. Yeah, that's where it gets PG. a little that's it's not really. They wouldn't do PG thirteen, but they could do PG. But that's you don't really see PG anymore cartoons that much. Some of the Pixar ones are PG. Some of them are are PG. They're a little bit intense. Sure, some of those, um, like um, uh, the one that take place in the in the future with the robot. That was PG, for example. Wally, yeah, Wally. I think that was PG. Uh, so some of them are. Um, I, I forget if the one that just came out, the Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, that might have been PG. Was that PG? There was some intense stuff in that. Uh, there were some deep, uh, deep themes in Lightyear. I know some people didn't like it. I, I thought it was fine. Uh, rating. What was that rating? I'm kind of curious. As far as Pixar stuff goes, Incredibles is PG. Yes. Brave was PG. The Good Dinosaur was PG. Finding Dory was PG. Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah. Onward, Soul, Luca, Turning Red, and Lightyear. Yeah, if you see if you see or it's implied that there's deaths in, in some of these movies there are, you have I think it's automatic. Why PG. isn't Wally listed? What was Wally? Was Wally really G? Not it's PG? just not listed anywhere. Oh I'll, I'll, on this thing. Alright. So this comes out what oh, does it come out in March? Oh there it is. Yeah, Wally was G. Huh, interesting. I yeah. Why do I think that was PG? April seventh this comes out. So obviously they're still working on this. That means you're going to get a full trailer, we'll say around end of February, something like that, early, uh, yeah, probably by mid-February, about six, seven weeks before, you're going to get probably a trailer. We'll just say February. You'll get like the real trailer with the plot, and you're going to hear more of the Chris Pratt voice. At least here's a silver lining. If there is such massive uh, blowback against the voice, at least you can change that fairly easily. You don't have to reanimate. You could, hey, hey, sure. Chris. We're going to come back in the studio. Chris, son. It's, it's going <laughs> to... You really don't like that. Come back in the studio. I mean, we're talking like, you know, he's got to re-record his lines. It'd be like probably a five-hour session, six-hour session of a day. We're going to re-record all your lines, Chris, because this does not work. That's at least the good... I'm not going to say they're gonna, I'm not, uh, they're not going to fire the guy. I'm not saying that. But if it's that much of a disaster, they'll either not do the accent at all, which I'm kind of hoping they don't do now at this point, or they'll change it up enough. Like, that's... That's almost, I think, why maybe they didn't show off any of the... There's, like, only two phrases yeah. of him. But, yes, it is an accent. It is there. It's just a bad one. It's it's a it's a toothless accent. It's bad. And I almost feel like, not to get into it, they wouldn't try that with almost any other ethnicity but, but Italian. They feel safe that they can do have a white guy try an Italian sort of New York accent like that and get away with it. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. I'm not, I'm not personally offended, but it's just weird. Anything else you're looking forward to seeing? We're going to do a we're going to do a movie date on this. We're going to go together, get a popcorn, get a drink about it. Yeah, pop pop some earthy THC. Just yeah, pop some earthy THC. (laughs) Uh, We got a uh, Patreon. Patreon. You go to Patreon.com/slash/cu podcast. You go. You offer some money. Uh, We gracefully accept that money, and in Uh, return, we give you a full. Audio, full video podcast. Everyone can have the full audio podcast. Come on now. Everyone gets it. Full video podcast. 
bonus bit segments. You get writing mostly once a week. Uh, this one's going to be late this week. It'll probably have to be tomorrow uh, when I'm at the airport. You at the airport? Yeah, dude, <laughs> at the airport. I, I, I well, have. You got a couple hours to spare. I guess you go to the airport. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. I have zero minutes today. Um, you also get bonus bit podcasts. Uh, we do them in the morning before yeah. we warm up. We I, warm up. We get into our. We get I, into our zone. And you can vote on this poll topic. Poll topics. And you get the poll topics early. We don't specify that. Pin clubs. Get the pin club as well. Uh, in second place, is grading or reselling worse for video game collecting? 39%. I think we got to wash this. Oh, that 39%, huh? All right. It was close. It's, or Mortal Kombat turns 30, memories and legacy. We like we like celebrating video game history here in the CU Podcast. Fives and zeros. Fives and zeros. So Those are the only numbers that we recognize. And Mortal Kombat has turned 30, which makes me feel fucking ancient. Um you're, what, for, you're 40, right? Yeah. What can you say about what can you say about Mortal Kombat? The first time I ever saw Mortal Kombat uh, was at my friend Kevin's birthday party at Putt Putt Fun and Games. Oh, was it Kevin? Putt Putt Fun and Games. October 8th was by, obviously that's that's the anniversary, by the way. October 8th. Um, and that makes sense because he his birthday was at the end of October. So like it was probably like fresh and brand fucking new in that Putt Putt Golf and Games arcade. And I watched Sub-Zero ripped the head off of uh, Johnny Cage. And his final cord attached. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. Uh, and as a child, that was... You were 10. I was 10. Yeah. That was uh, eye-opening to me to see <laughs> in a video game, uh, to see, you know, uh, a violence portrayed like that. Um, also, the, uh, you know, the, 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 the digitized graphics were unique. Um, even from a young age, I did not really like the digitized graphics. I preferred like sprite based graphics. Um, I realized that it was a cool technology as a kid, but like preferentially as a child, I did not like it. But I thought the game, obviously, it was bloody. All my friends were talking about it. It was cool. Uh, then they, you know, did the lead up to Mortal Monday, which was still in my mind is one of the Midway was really good at their like, um, their console release marketing. There are two like 90s campaigns that I think of, and both were the NBA Jam launch and the Mortal Kombat launch. So Mortal Monday, you're jumping all over the place, but Mortal Monday yes. was September 13th, 1993, and it was when the home console ports were finally going to come out for Game Boy, Genesis, and Super Nintendo. Um, and there was a fam- one of the most famous video game commercial campaigns yeah. ever with a kid on the street screaming, Mortal Kombat! They look like going, Mortal and all these crazy people on the street, yep. like in a mob. Yep. That was that was all beginning of the school year. I always associate yes. Mortal Kombat with the beginning of the school year. Yep. Because that's when the first two games came out, one and two, about a year apart. And and it was something about being back in school, talking with your friends about, oh my God, did you play Mortal Kombat? Did you play Mortal Kombat 2? Absolutely. And obviously going into the secrets and the bay, uh, the baybalities. Oh, there's baybalities in the second one? What the hell is a baybality? There's friendship? No, you're making this stuff up. What's real? What's not real? At least for the second game. Because the second game, to me, is, a, is, is the pinnacle of the franchise. It's just ratcheted up the insanity just to that right amount that I love. But going back to the first game. So Mortal, Mortal Monday, you, uh, you have memories of that? Yes, clearly. Yeah, clear, clear memories of Mortal Monday. Um, and then I, you know, I remember. <laughs> That's a commercial. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember the launch of two. 
I remember uh, the uh, Ziggy's, uh, Ziggy's Tacos and Subs <laughs> uh, by uh, my parents' place. My friends and I, Kevin, again, would go up there because they had a Mortal Kombat 2 machine. And um, that was something that they went and did like every single day was go and play Mortal Kombat 2. They got really good at it. They were able to beat the computer and all that. Um, I, I really also kind of remember it for giving me um, my early like interest in pinball on my own. My mom always showed me pinball when I was a kid, but the Mortal Kombat 2 machine was next to a no good gophers machine. Gotcha. So I always kind of associate Mortal Kombat with kind of getting me into pinball because I hated playing Mortal Kombat 2 at the time. I didn't want to play my two loser friends who were too goddamn good at it because their parents gave them $20 to play it every day. I just played pinball. Um, I fell off around three. Sure. You know, I, I, around the t- when three came out, it felt less special. It was samey. They added, yeah. the, they added the run and the combos, but it was like, it, would, yeah, it didn't seem as fun. The characters, I think they were running out of ideas for characters almost at that point, in my opinion. It's like, yep. oh, th- this, this guy's like a, like a police officer looking guy. And it's like, oh, we're going to have even more, uh, mass ninjas. And I'm like, I, th- I think I'm, yeah, I'm sort of like, uh, yeah, I didn't also like the uh, I didn't like the gameplay. All I hated the run button function and the combos. I thought it broke the game. I didn't like that at all. Um, yeah, I was not big on the run button. I was I wasn't big. It was on combos it. that could take off half your fucking energy or more from yeah. one combo. I'm like this is not this is not. Cyrex right. classically had a pretty simple combo that was like a third, a third, and a third. And I think they they patched it eventually, but right. like it broke the game. And that's the thing about Mortal Kombat that was I guess at that point we were still discovering what what is the standard for a fighting game. And Mortal Kombat versus Street Fighter 2. In Street Fighter 2, all the characters move differently. They have different uh, powers that they can do, uh, different jump heights. Mortal Kombat, they're all the same. They're all the same. They have all the same exact moves, um, except for the special moves. So it's a different type of fighting game, which is it's interesting because you can pick up and play anyone as long as you know the, uh, the special moves. As long as you know the special moves, you can, I, can play, I played Raiden. I played Sub-Zero. I played Scorpion. You can play anyone. Uh, Kano, it, it's just in yes, your basic punch, kick, and uh, uppercuts. like roundhouse and That's uppercuts. It. Yes, you have five moves that, that basically you have to account for and combo them, sweep and combo them with your with your special moves. That's it. Um, so that was interesting. It was easy. Obviously, they had to do that because it was digitized actors. It, yeah, it a lot easier to do that. By the way, guess guess who was inspiration? Van Dam was inspiration. Oh, yeah. in Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, put some. Respect on Van Damme's name constantly. They couldn't get Van Damme for it. Johnny K is supposed to be Van Damme. We know that. Um, There's a split punch, just like Van Damme did the split in Bloodsport. And of course, eventually you had a digitized Van Damme in the Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Yep. Which I never Full pl- circle. Which I never played, but I heard it's actually better than what it seems. But I never, So I, the yeah. problem is, is the arcade version is a very strange game. Uh-huh. And uh, I believe it was actually made by Intelligent Systems, uh, which was the I think that's uh, Intelligent uh, Incredible Technologies. I think it. I think the people who were made Time Killers had some sort of hand in it. Oh, really? Anyways, the arcade game is supposed to be awful. The home ports, like the Saturn port, is a completely different game where they take the animations and they make it play like Super Street Fighter. Oh, really? Yeah, you're right. Incredible Technologies uh, was the dev on that. Yeah. So Incredible Technologies was the dev on it, and when they took it back home, Capcom was like, no, 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 we're just going to make this play like Super Street Fighter. We're just going to make it similar. So they fixed it, basically. Yeah, it's a completely... Same background, same graphics, completely different game. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, So yeah, I think uh, also Mortal Kombat, 
um, I don't know if we did a seven minutes five years ago. You it, you basically grew up like it was the evolution of games maturing in a way. Especially if you grew up in the sure. early the mid eighties to late eighties with games, you were a kid. Then when World Comet comes out, I'm I'm twelve. You're becoming you're almost a teenager. I played I was playing PC games for for years before that, so I was kind of not prepped for it. But Wolfenstein 3D came out earlier in '92, so I I, I play that. I saw the blood. Obviously, sure. compared to Mortal Kombat, it's not blood, but there's blood in Wolfenstein. You're killing people. Yeah, it's in first person. It's to a lot of people that was like stunning to even see that. And this is before Doom, obviously a year later. So like, I was prepared for it. You're 12. I think I could handle it. When I saw it, it was shocking to see like the heartbeat. You know, when when Kano holds it up, I wasn't like grossed out by it. I was just sort of like, what was what was my sort of reaction? I think I was more like, huh, that's interesting that they're doing that because you just hadn't seen that before. At least, especially in an arcade game, you hadn't seen something like that. Right? There was never there was not something that graphic before. There yeah. wasn't like like beat 'em ups, you get or even Street Fighter Two, you get like a splattering of blood. Sure, but like it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It went from cartoonish violence to realistic violence. And then by the time Doom came out, I was uh, I was desensitized to all of it. <laughs> 11 year old Ian was like, I'm all in. I'm all in. Well, let's let's get kill that caco demon right in his face, shotgun him. To know. just quickly cover kind of like what happened with, you know, Mortal Kombat since Mortal Kombat 3. They did 4, which was miserable. I hated 4. Uh, that was the first 3D one. Yeah, I was at that point I was done. Um, the 3D console ones that were not arcade games, some people have said some were good. I never got into them. They were never like super well reviewed. However, I was interested when Mortal Kombat 9 came out. They were going back to the traditional, you know, uh, 2D plane. Um, I played it. I liked it. Uh, and I think X was fun. And I really enjoyed 11. Um, I didn't get, like, super into any of them. But I played through all the story modes. NetherRealm has become very, very good at um, crafting a, a console story mode. And that's where I think these games really shine. They are stupid, ludicrous B-movies, but they are fun to play through. And the story modes are are fun. They're worth the five hours or whatever it takes to get through the story mode. I've watched some of the cutscenes of these newer more comics. I'm like, this is yeah, they're like B movies. They're just but they're, it's hilarious. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not it's not for lack of trying. It's it's that's the aesthetic that they have bought into on this at this point. Is sure. that this B movie uh, kind of uh, schlocky aesthetic? And I I really enjoy it. I think they're fun. Um, we we should probably go going back to Moral Monday. We should probably mention how important the console release was in differentiating the Sega Genesis from the Super Nintendo at the time. Oh sure, and how I mean the backlash was fierce. Yeah, on how terrible and how censored the uh, Super Nintendo version of the game was. Yep, editing out the blood to be uh, gray freaking sweat, sweat. Um, fucking and- globs of cum flying <laughs> off your characters. But then literally changing all but they changed five of the fatalities. Yeah, all they kept they uh, blowing up uh, from a kiss or from Scorpion's uh, uh, breath. That's fine to see a skeleton, but everything else was changed. Uh, punch in the chest for Kano, kick in the chest for Johnny Cage. That punch. Uh, well, I guess Luke Kang's was the same. That's right, Luke Kang because Luke Kang is not blood. It's just a kick and a punch. He's more like a pacifist. He's not really killing you, really, but still. A no, I thought his was the bite. That was the second one. Oh, okay. The second one, the dragon. Um, and, and then um, you know, so the so the rest the rest they changed. Uh, Sub Zero. Freezes him and then backfists him into the face and he shatters. Um, you really question me on that, Ian? I, I know my Mortal Kombat. I know that. No, <laughs> you're right. But I'm, I, what I'm saying is I don't remember what it looked it's, like. It's now. a spin kick into an uppercut. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You waggled the joystick 360. Yeah. It was the easiest to do. Yep. You just waggled it. Um, so they kicked that. And then you, get, you got the double fatality uh, on the pit 
because then you uppercutted him into yep. got a double fatality. So the point is that my cousin literally wrote a letter to Nintendo. That's how pissed he was at it because there was like no heads up. When you watched Mortal Monday, you didn't you didn't see they hit all that stuff. You didn't see it. They them changing that stuff. Well, it, yeah. I remember them saying ahead of time that there was not going to be blood. Where did you see that? At, like in like Game Pro? It was it was like power? talked about. Yeah, it oh. was talked about. There was there was not going to be blood. Well, I mean, people I mean, knew that going. This into is pre-internet, it. Ian. Not everyone's gonna sure. know that. Sure. So like he was pissed. Nintendo, I think, obviously they still sold a lot, but that really hurt them. So, oh, it sold, it sold shitloads. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was it's a common game. Yeah, but the point is that everyone flocked to the Genesis one with the blood code, even though it looked like trash and sounded like trash. The Genesis version, it played closer to the arcade. Controls are closer, and you got the blood code, you got the fatalities back. So within two years, because that's when the home port of Mortal Kombat Two came out in '94, Nintendo did a 180. Thankfully. And they were like, you know what? We're just going to let a rating system occur. We're not going to censor stuff anymore. So they learned a harsh lesson lesson with that. Yeah. Because World Combat 2 port is brilliant. That's Super a great Nintendo. game. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant game. So they learned their lesson. Did I review that for Super Nintendo? Yeah, I think I, I, think I gave it four and a half stars. Or four, four and a half stars, I think, for that one. Um, so they learned their lesson, but it was a tough lesson because like, they had not... Exp- Nintendo probably saw World Combat as like, what the hell do we do with this? This is not... Yeah, this is not what we sell. This is not our audience. Sure, but now video games grew up. Like I said, it's it was trendy teenage stuff. NBA Jam, Duncan, and you know, attitude in your face. Barkley, shut up and jam. <laughs> Barkley, shut up and jam. <laughs> all right, but we all love our Mortal Kombat. What's weird is they have not. We have not seen anything for the thirtieth anniversary. No collection, right? Nothing announced. Any any celebration stuff happening? No. Well. I saw something. I thought, I, I mean, Ed Boon said something, but I don't think there's anything like going on for it. Honestly, they, they interviewed Ed Boon, but no. I else. mean, I just saw him like say something about it online, but I don't think there's anything going on. Uh, let's see, 30th anniversary trailer uh, for PS4 and PS5. So, what is this? Is this uh... the 30th anniversary? Is uh, Mortal Kombat? Uh... It's so there's a, a there's an anniversary video that celebrates 30 years of brutality. There is oh, someone who is working on a game called Mortal Kombat Anniversary, but it's not official. Okay, so this trailer is just a thank you to the fans. Yes, That's all it exactly. is. So unlike uh, Capcom has done a great job re-releasing Street Fighter collections, where they have two or three of them, we haven't seen that with uh, with Mortal Kombat. No, which we haven't. Because I think that would, I think even if you did all the ones from the 90s, I think that would sell. Do like the first whatever five games. Do one, do one um, through four. Include the f- include, including one. three uh, no. include three all well do one ultimate three, do one trilogy. two three do one two three three ultimate four in trilogy and there you go or even if you want to get rid of the get rid of the uh, the fucking uh, polygon one have the other well, I'm just saying that covers all of the arcades I don't think trilogy was in the arcade but that covers all of the 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 initial run the first run gotcha before they drastically changed styles for like the PS2 and stuff like gotcha. that gotcha yeah there you go but they haven't done it which is kind of kind of a shame. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by EarthySelect.com, your source for the finest Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC flower, 
oils, pre-rolls, vape pens, cartridges, and edibles. Their premium adult-use products are crafted from organic cannabis and infused with pure and potent THC extracts for effects you can feel. Delta 8, Delta 9, and Delta 10 THC products are perfect for relaxing, socializing, getting creative, and going deep in the game. Plus, they are hemp-derived and federally legal to ship nationwide. Let's look at some of their most popular products. Earthy Selects Delta 8 vape pens are packed with potent Delta 8 plus cannabis-derived terpenes. They have a stealthy, ergonomic design that give you a quick hit with no lag, making it perfect for gaming. Each rechargeable pen has one gram of Delta 8 THC and is available in four great flavors like Guava Kush or my personal favorite, the Cherry Pie here. I love these vapes. They pack light and they're excellent on the go. Earthy Select also makes THC gummies and candies that are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and taste great. They all come in different strengths, so you can start low and see what's right for you. The Delta 8 gummies can be really relaxing and heady, while the Delta 10 is more associated with feeling productive and creative, so it's great for daytime projects or an all-night role-playing session. The Delta 9 gummies are really impressive. They have real-deal Delta 9 THC, and they come in sativa peach or indica mango. They have a huge variety on their website, so check it out. EarthySelect.com. All of Earthy Select's cannabis products are federally compliant, and they ship nationwide. Order online at EarthySelect.com and use the code CUP20 to save 20% on your first order. No limits. Must be 21 or older. That's EarthySelect.com and use our code CUP20 to save 20% on THC. Earthy Select. Select your adventure. We got voicemails, Ian, don't we? We do. What do you do? Where do you go? How do you leave them? (laughs) You go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. You go, you leave us a voice, voice message, hopefully short and sweet, and we will answer it for you. Here's the first one. Hey guys, it's Daryl from Buffalo again. Pat, I was wondering from your perspective, what led to the fall of RetroWare TV? All right, guys, have a good day. See you soon. That's kind of a loaded question. I don't think it fell, Daryl. It's just times changed. Yes. And the internet moved on. It had it sort of had its peak uh, around 12 to 13. Um, when it was at the lot, we thought it was like 20 people on the site. You look at those magfests with all of us on stage. It was nuts. I think you were there for one of those magfests. Yeah, um, I was. I'm not sure if you're in the audience or not for, for the panel. but No, I was up uh, on stage. Oh, we brought you on stage. You were next to Pat. Yay. I was on stage for like every panel that year. We, yeah, we, we 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 did a lot of panels. Well, at least well, the, the ones I went to Magnus where I do like four panels the whole sure. weekend. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it, it, what happened was people realized like the, the site the, the site had an advantage for collaborations for stuff like video game years, but after that the luster was, I think was starting to to go, and you had a lot of we'll just say personalities that didn't mesh without going into drama uh, personalities. Uh, there was a slight backstabbing that occurred. And and people's uh, egos sometimes got in the way of doing, we'll just say, good business. And that's basically what happens when you have all these people coming together uh, to work together. Pat said Norm's an egomaniac. No, no. Uh, so, so so that's what happened with RetroWare. And now uh, uh, ScreenWave bought the name and trademark, and now that's their imprint for publishing digital games, which makes sense. And it's, I think it's also the name they use for they have like an arcade uh, uh, like leasing business or loaning out yes, arcades. Yes, I remember reading so, that. That's good. I get you your pink shirt. I get you your pink retro wear you shirt. You got me a blue one. The one with the I think it's the one with the the the, the handheld on the front. Yeah, yeah I did get you. It's blue. Oh, I thought there was pink in there. Okay, I, I mean you. there might be, but yeah, I mean I never, it was a pink I, shirt. I, I, I don't wear have a ret- three I, times as much. I don't have a retro wear shirt. I should get one at some point. But no, it was it's a nice it, shirt. It was fun working on the site. Uh, Ian, Mike from Jersey. Start it. 
wanted to see what your opinion is on the At Games Legends Ultimate Arcade Cabinet and the At Games Legends Pinball Cabinet. Uh, what's the Legends? Uh, they seem pretty reasonable for what you get. Also, Pat, best food stand at Seaside. Thanks. Oh, boy. Best food stand at Seaside? You got the, was it, Three Brothers Pizza's great. Uh, Coors Ice Cream, does that count? Can I, can I pick the ice cream? Or is that cheating? That's not food. Um, no, that's it's fine. I mean, any any obviously the famous sausage stand in the middle at Midway. That's that's famous. God, I, I, I want to take you to Seaside Boardwalk. I love a I sausage. Feel like, I feel like you got to experience this once in your life. Uh, talk, probably, yeah, it's it's amazing. Take it. What was the other thing? The at games. At games stuff. No idea. I, I don't have uh, a whole lot of faith in at games products. Uh, the Legends one is the one that has like two spinners, a trackball, the two joysticks, three hundred licensed games. Oh, three hundred so licensed it's a, it's games. A, it's like a, a meme cabinet. It is. It's a licensed MAME cabinet, essentially. It's been out for a while. I right. have no idea what the quality is. And as far as... Is it a full-size machine or still a three-quarters? It looks like it's full-size, I think. So it's 500... At Sam's Club, it's $570. Special bonus. 300 games. It's easily expandable. Um, you have... Like you said, there's a spinner on it. Two spinners, two trackball... joysticks. Uh, two spinners, a trackball, and two pairs of six-button joysticks. Yeah, that's like a MAME cabinet. 300 licensed game. That's pretty good. Look in the front. There's Disney games. There's Star Wars... There's Joe and Mac. Oh, they, oh no, they got oh they got all the Data East games on this. There's Tron on it. So honestly, if you're gonna get the one, you can play Tron on it. It doesn't look like it, but you got a spinner. All I can say with these is try one out in person, and and, and you know buy it if it's something you like. But I, at games well, is not. Well, you can't play Tron unless the button's close enough because if the spinner doesn't have a button on it, yes. you have to you need a joystick a button and the could spinner. be a pressable spinner, but I have no idea. Do those exist? Yeah, they do. Okay, then that's then that would work. It could, but yeah, I don't. It know. They, right they definitely exist. I don't know if that's what it's on there. It wouldn't feel right to me versus having no, a joystick. Absolutely not. But no, it's a very unique control scheme on that. And I have no idea about the the uh, pinball. Yeah, at all. me neither. Next, hey guys, Nathan here. Hey, Nathan. So, what's your favorite eight bit, sixteen bit version of a tune based on a pre existing piece of music, like a TV theme song, movie soundtrack? Easy. Or popular music or classical music? Easy. Don't even have to think. Don't need to think for two seconds about it. Goonies are good enough from Goonies, too. I, I, oh, I was thinking about more like a modern song made into a, uh, an 8-bit version. That's what I was thinking. Which I guess that makes sense for the game. But it, like, it is. It's, it's whatever. Oh, sure. He's just asking for any actual song that's had an 8- or 16-bit version. Someone sent me. I forget who sent me. Um, there was someone that did a lot of 80s stuff. I did like an 18 8-bit version and mm. then a mask one. I forget who it is. They sent it to me on Discord a while back. But they sounded really good. You know, 8-bit makes everything better, I guess. Hey, guys. Jason from Central PA again. Hey, Jason. Hey, I, uh, this is more of a statement than a question. Oh, okay. Uh, but maybe it'll spark some discussion. I recently sold off two-thirds of my collection. And I did it because I needed money. but uh, And I really didn't want to do it. But since I have, I got to say... It feels good. I've, I've whittled my collection down mostly to stuff that I actually play or have some real sentimental value. And I was not expecting it to feel as satisfying as it was. So, uh, Ian, I know you have some experience with that. Pat, I know you're thinking about it. And I'd say, man, it feels it feels good on the other side. Anyway, love the podcast. Talk to you guys later. Well, it's good to have cash, first of all. But, yeah, if you're not getting use out of it and if it's just cluttering, then, yeah, it's going to feel good. I didn't feel, after I started selling stuff at SoCal, 
uh, those box systems. I only regretted one thing, even at the time. I think I'm going to regret it. The rest of the stuff, I haven't really regretted selling that stuff. Yeah, like I, I've I've mentioned a lot of times, especially getting rid of like my NES collection, and then I got rid of a lot of other stuff too. I felt great after getting rid of my NES collection. Um, and once you let a few like key pieces go, if you don't immediately regret it, yeah. it's like pulling a keystone out of an arch. It's really easy to just let everything else go, and you just get rid of all of it. That's what they say on American Pickers. They should go in and they they, they prime the pump by buying a couple. They all oh, those old old fogies in the in their farmhouses where they have tons of old shit. Oh, so they buy a couple they buy a couple things and then they try to wrap everything cause, in? Because they're, like, they're always like, yeah, they're like, yeah, I'm not sure I want to part with any of this stuff, but then they get them to sell a little thing. And then the psychology changes. And then they're like, oh, I feel okay. Then the old person starts selling the other bigger stuff they really want. Yep. It is a psychological thing. You don't want to let go. You feel like it's a part of you. And in some ways it is. It feels like a part of you, the experience of uh, having this stuff. Uh, but like you said, if you if you're out there, you're scared, try selling something little or something that you can always rebuy. Sell one big yeah. item that you don't think you, that well, you I can... wouldn't say big. I, well, you I don't say big, but you, you sell something that's not nothing in your collection. Sell like a $50 game. Yes, that exactly. Like. That, that's yeah. what I mean. Sell a $50 uh, game. And if you don't immediately, that, something that's worth money, but you can buy, yeah, that you buy can again. easily buy yes. back. And if you sell it and you sit with it for a couple of weeks and it doesn't hurt and it's not weird, then you know you can get start getting rid of the lesser stuff. And then once you get rid of the lesser stuff, you're like, well, all I've got are... It's Once you start selling, it's easy to sell through the rest of it. You get that Joe Mentum going there. What's up, guys? This is Dylan from Idaho. Uh, Pat, I have a question for you. Uh, I've been going through the old Pat the NES Punk episodes, and I've always wondered, is the character supposed to, like be oblivious to the real world and, like, how people socialize? Or... Is he dry and sarcastic? Um, I've always liked the character, but I've never quite understood how to interpret him. Pat, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you intended the character to come across and how we are supposed to interpret the character. Um, Okay, so obviously there's some social awkwardness built in because it's based upon like a person is going to collect all these old video games. And, And there's some collectors that are socially awkward. I was like, okay, that's interesting. You know, he tries to have, has a girlfriend early on or a love interest, um, things like that. It, I don't know. It, it, I don't like to overanalyze it, but it's just just some goofy, goofy unawareness mixed in with um, some some sarcasm. When you, when, you know, I'm writing when I'm writing the the reviews, it's more just joke writing at that point, filtered in with the with the educational stuff. But Ian, how do you interpret the Pat NES punk character? I. I don't walking into the the, the game store in 2010. <laughs> I don't. Go- I, I don't interpret the character. <laughs> okay. He's uh, he's a little weirdo. There you go. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Phil Bowser from Jacks, Florida again. Listened to your episode ranking sandwiches recently from years back, and wanted to ask Ian: Have you ever substituted avocado for mayonnaise when making egg salad? My wife throws in some jalapenos and uh, onions, and it's excellent, unintended. For Pat, you speak fondly of your days growing up on the Jersey Shore and the boardwalk. What are some food items you think highly of from back then? So it always comes up. Two of those. (laughs) Um, It always comes up. So I have not tried that with egg salad, but I will. I have had, however, I went to... uh, one of the summer parties I do with my friend Chris, someone brought a tray of deviled eggs 
made with avocado whipped wow. into the egg, and it was fucking uh, uh, the the deviled egg was uh the the egg yolk was mixed with a little bit of mayonnaise and then soft uh avocado and then topped with bacon and they were fucking delicious so i will absolutely try that egg salad suggestion i am starving i am too um i didn't bring this up the i used to love a chicken cheesesteak because chicken cheesesteaks are tasty they're 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 amazing because they are a little a little bit healthier than a regular cheesesteak but they're still greasy because it's on the same grill and you get the peppers, and you get the, the the onions on it. You still get the cheese on it. You can even ask for 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 uh, excuse me, sauce, gravy in Jersey. Ask for the sauce on top. We would. This is what me, uh, me and my cousins would do. That's oh, like a pizza steak, kind of. You can do that if you want. I usually just sometimes put ketchup, but I get a slice of pizza because they're big slices and they're obviously good in the Jersey Shore. Get a slice of pizza. We get. Uh, a cheesesteak each, or he, or, or they get like a sausage sandwich. I get the cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. Sausage is too much for me, even back then in my twenties. Um, cheesesteak. Then we split something else. We split like some other mott sticks or something. And you get your little soda, and then you go play some some games. And you, you know, hey, hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Seaside boardwalk. Here we come. Uh, I'll do a few more. Here. Let's get two more in. I, I just could, two, I, just two. I, I could use short... the time today. I could okay. use the time today. Okay, I'm we'll sorry. do two regular. Then we'll do it to the okay. Two regular. Then. All right. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Andrew from Toledo, Ohio. Um, I was wondering if you guys ever played the game Plock for Super Nintendo, and if you have, what do you guys think about it? I did not review that for the book. Do you have any Plock? Nope, I have not played it. It looks interesting. Cute I've little... seen it a couple times, but I've never played it. Cute little blue guy. Hey guys, Andrew from Ukraine is here. Andrew! So today we had a total blackout for like 8 hours or so. And me and my roommate, we were really bored. No electricity, no internet. So we played some board games. So I wanted to ask you, Pat and Ian, do you like board games? Do you like anything in particular? I mean, besides some like obvious, like Monopoly and etc. Thank you. Bye. Keep strong, Andrew. You and the Ukrainian people. Yeah, good to hear from you. Um, I I do. I love board games. Um, some of my favorites from recent years. Uh, and well, one's pretty old. Carcassonne. I love Carcassonne. Uh, I uh, adore Scrabble. I think Scrabble is one of the finest fucking games ever made. Uh, I get too pissed at Scrabble. Oh God, I love. I Scrabble. get too pissed when I play Scrabble. Oh, it's just like a constant pleasant buzzing in my head the entire time I play Scrabble. I love word games. D and D is you know essentially just an overly complex board game and you don't really need a whole lot of a board to do it um but i like a lot of games yeah I, I, board games are fun i want to consider that a board a board i think of the pieces and everything sure that's how i table it. well i table that's why the table term top. has yeah. largely expanded to tabletop yeah. gaming i mean like all the pieces out of the box you can pick up and play it in five minutes that's the way i look at it um um i love battleship og battleship you can make it andrew you don't need a board you use, 10 by 10, you can just use pieces or draw. You can, I like games that you can just do like that. You can do the same thing with chess or with checkers. You don't, you can just draw it. You can do it that way or have pieces for that. Obviously, I love chess. I think chess is a, 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 a brilliant freaking game in the fact that it's like multiple thousands of years old and it's pretty much the same game. They really have not changed it in forever. They've added, they've modified maybe on passant uh, and like, you know, the, the pieces you get when you get to the, run into the back, but that's, it's the same game. For thousands of years, um, I like I like uh, Chinese checkers. I think it's a fun game to get into with multiple people. 
Um, that's because there's a lot of weird stuff that can happen in that, and I don't know the strategy of it. Oh, yeah. But, no, that's a great game. I also uh, really like Mancala. Mancala is something that I picked up only after getting Clubhouse games. We had a battle that we played online. Mancala's fun. fun. It's fun. I strategy. love that fucking Count, game. Counting the, you know, you're, you're bouncing on the numbers of uh, of the stones and capturing and stuff, right? That That's fun. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, I used to like Parcheesi as a kid. We had an old Parcheesi set. Good old, just old Parcheesi. It's fun for what it is, right? All right, and then we're going to check in with someone else real quick. All right, time for uh, voicemails. You can, t- you can say you hate us, because just do it in 20 seconds. You're more likely to make the show. This was it. The moment I had been training for. <gasps> I hate Ian and Pat of the CU Podcast. A new record! How dare you, Toy? How dare you, Toy? Thanks for that. Thank you. Well, that's it for the CU Podcast. We had fun time. We did. We always do. Short and sweet. You know, a minute, an hour 25. Shorter than usual. I think we do like the hour 15 ones. Yeah. We've done those in the past. But uh, we had fun. I think we we hit all the bases on Mortal Kombat. We don't think we missed out on much. Oh, that? Oh, boy, I'm starving. Talked about seaside food twice. No, I really want to check. Yeah, me too. I'm what, like going to close this. I'm going to call my lift, and then I'm ordering food to get delivered. Can to I get me. a chicken cheesesteak before I even land in? Is there a place that has a chicken cheesesteak around here? A greasy see, chicken uh, cheesesteak? Gaglione Brothers used to have one delivery, but I think the Gaglione near us stopped doing delivery. Oh, Frank used to always go there because he'd get to buy one, get one free on on, on sandwiches before the pandemic. <laughs> I think I've had a Gaglione sandwich in, in a while. I think, I think Frank might have gotten for one of the Super Bowl parties mm. we had here. All right. See you all in Portland this uh, this weekend. I'll also be at Retrobalooza the week after that, which is the 22nd and the 23rd. He's doing the point. We're going to be, our booth's going to be uh, right by the Intellivision booth, believe it or not, and the Atari Age booth outside the arcade. You're not going to miss us. We'll, be, we'll have some stuff. We'll have t-shirts, a limited shirt. We're going to have books. We're going to have stickers. We're going to have a fun time. And so we'll see you there. Bye. Bye.